the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is your hour when Orlando Magic Senior Vice President Pat Williams sits down and speaks with authors who have written books on topics of interest and insight for listeners like you. And now, here's your host, Pat Williams. Welcome again, folks, to the Pat Williams Saturday Power Hour on AM 9, uh, 94.9 FM and AM 950, the word right here in Orlando. Remember that faith comes by hearing and... Uh, my guest, but I've got to tell you who gets all these guests on the air first. Alan Dempsey gets it all on. I mean, without Alan, we don't know, we don't even get on the air. Uh, Andrew Herdliska is our producer, and he produced Steve Arterburn in this first segment. A uh, founder, the founder of New Life Treatment Centers. His new book has a marvelous title: The Mediterranean. Love Plan, and Zondervan is the publisher. Steve, first of all, welcome, and uh, I, I trust things are well with you. Well, thank you, Pat. Always uh, like to power up with Pat, as I call it. It's oh, that's great. great. To be with you and uh, the folks that listen to you. Well, thank you. I'm so so glad we can we can uh, spend some time together. And then and then the title of this book, Steve, the Mediterranean. Love plan. I thought it was a diet book at first, uh, mm-hmm. and maybe it is. But uh, uh, I, I need a little overview on that catchy title. Okay. Well, uh, most people have heard of the Mediterranean uh, food plan, and a lot of people have discovered, you know, how healthy you can get eating that way. But my wife and I discovered that the reason that the Mediterranean folks are uh, living so long and having vibrant, wonderful, uh, passionate lives later in life isn't just because uh, they eat a certain way. And uh, we traveled the Mediterranean a couple times, and actually we're going back in October, and we, we discovered that there were these different themes, or you could say cultural uh, secrets, uh, from these different cultures over in the Mediterranean. So we put them together. And then we did some research and just came up with some really fascinating things. And um, i got to tell you, you know, I've, uh, I've either written or co-authored over 100 books. I've never had such an instantly great response to this book. But, but actually, it hasn't been instantly great all the time. Like I had this uh, one uh, group, uh, they, they said, well, when we saw this, we thought, well, that's kind of cheesy and and what is that all about? And then the producer took it home and read it, and then and said, "Oh, you guys gotta you gotta see this. this is a married couple." And so then they read it, and they they just absolutely loved it. And that's been um, the situation. You know, if I've if I've done interviews before, people will say, "Hey, Steve, thank you for having us coming and joining us. You know, we're going to tolerate you for one more interview." But this one, when people read it, they love it. There are there's seven different secrets, and every secret has 13 different things you can do to incorporate it into your life. 
such as? I'll just start with the first one. Is is the the culture that you find in Italy? Uh, you find this thing called attunement. In Italy, people really do stop what they're doing and they communicate with each other. The research shows that Italians touch each other when they're talking ten times more than folks in the U.S. And so when you're talking to somebody and you're touching them, tapping them on the shoulder, hug, whatever, uh, you're, you're attuned to them. You're looking at them eyeball to eyeball. And so this first secret is about attunement. And this is where a couple gets to that place where it's almost like you don't even need to say something. You've got the same humor. You respond to the same things. You know what the other person is thinking. And so we try to help you figure out different ways that you could become more attuned to each other. And, and you know, everything from recognizing what the other person is thinking, feeling, to just spending the time that you, that you need to spend to get, you know, back in each other's uh, heart, mind, soul, and, and spirit. And then <clears throat> that leads to the second one, the, se- yeah. the secret of playfulness, Steve. Uh, well, fill us in on that. Okay. Well, um, the culture that is the culture of play is Spain. And, uh, you know, when I was there, uh, they, we were there, we watched them stand up on statues and wave flags and stuff because they had won this big soccer tournament. But this is the, this is the place where they have the world's largest food fight every year. And, uh, they also, this is where they run with the bulls. They have, uh, dinner at, um, midnight and they break dishes when they dance. I mean, this, this is where people have learned to laugh and love and play. And so uh, if you and your spouse aren't playful, if you're not having fun, if you're not doing things that are unique and different, then you're missing out, and it could be the reason that you're not experiencing the passion and the romance um, that, that you need to experience or that you can't. You know, for instance, uh, you know, you got to ask yourself the question, am I... Uh, living to work, or am I working to live? People that that are just living to go to work and do something there, and I think we've all been in that place at some time or another, you're missing out on the purpose of it. And you really have to make time to go have some fun with your spouse. You did it when you were dating, probably early in your relationship, and then you sit around and wonder, well, why aren't things like they used to be? Well, you've left out some of the things like this. My wife and I love to dance. And, you know, if we're in a mall and the music's right, we'll just start dancing. Well, a guy might, might really not enjoy that very much. But here's what they found. Uh, if you will do something where you're either vulnerable, mutually vulnerable, or perhaps you are more vulnerable than your spouse, it will draw the two of you together. That makes sense. And, uh, When you take a risk, you do something you're kind of uh, not all that comfortable with, it bonds the two of you together. uh, And so it's not just about play and laugh, laughing and having fun, but it carries over into every area of your life, and it just helps you enjoy life. You've got to ask yourself a question. Why wouldn't we play? Well, because we just forget to schedule it in or we're uncomfortable thinking about it. 
and uh, my wife and I have done the work for you, and we've got 13 different things that you can do to get the playfulness back into your relationship. It's a big part of getting the passion and the romance and having the, the sexual satisfaction that you maybe you've lost years ago. Steve Arterburn is our guest. Uh, we've covered the secret of attunement, the secret of playfulness, and now, Steve, I want you to talk about the secret of savoring food. Yeah. Well, uh, we're, we're a fast food people, and uh, if we would do some of the things that they do in Mediterranean cultures, we would stop and take our time, and we would eat um, a lot less food over more time. You know, the French, they eat a lot of stuff with butter and oil and all this, but they, they don't tend to be overweight because their portions are smaller. They take more time to eat. They savor the food. And there's there's hardly a, a culture over in the Mediterranean that doesn't just have outstanding food. And we can do the same thing. And we, we not only talk about us as couples, but... You know, we need to teach our kids the, um, the, the art of dinner conversation. And we need to invite people, other people, into our, uh, our time and, and, our, and have dinner with other folks. And uh, we even put stuff in there. Here are some questions uh, to ask each other. Like, you know, you may have run out of things to talk about. And um, I want to tell you a little, a little hint. A lot of times in marriages... Uh, the, the woman becomes kind of the critical mother figure, and the man becomes the bad little boy. And, and so you end up in this mother-son or, or adult-child kind of dynamic in a relationship. Well, most grown-ups don't want to have sex with a child, and most children don't want to have sex with a grown-up. But that's kind of the underlying dynamic in so many marriages, especially where she's angry and he's just trying to get by uh, without getting in trouble. My guest is Steve Arterburn. We're back for more with Steve here on the Pat Williams Saturday Power Hour. It's 94.9 FM and AM 950, The Word in Orlando. And remember, faith comes by hearing... More of the Pat Williams Power Hour in just a moment on 94.9 FM and AM 950. The Word. It's long, over a thousand chapters, over 30,000 verses. No wonder so many of us have never read it cover to cover. Want to do it? Want to read the entire Bible? Start today at BibleStudyTools.com. BibleStudyTools.com includes Bible in a Year, an interactive plan for reading, learning, and understanding the Bible. Deepen your faith and impact your walk with God one day at a time. Bible in a Year, just one of the new interactive Bible study tools at BibleStudyTools.com. This is Dennis McKenzie for Families by Design. Strong families are designed by God. Do you want your family designed by God? For inspirational principles for today's families, listen to Families by Design with your host, Dr. Daniel Forbes and attorney Delton Chen. Families by Design airs every Sunday at 9 p.m. That's Families by Design on the new 94.9 FM and AM 950. 
WTLN. I'm Robin Truszynski from the Original Mattress Factory. If you're considering paying retail price for a new mattress, this is your wake-up call. Why is there suddenly a mattress store on every corner? Well, just Google mattress markups. Original Mattress is a private label mattress brand sold directly to the public. We own the factory and the store. Why? Ethics. Let's just say excessive markups don't fit our values. Just say no to the middleman. The Original Mattress Factory, thoughtfully made, honestly priced. OriginalMattress.com He encouraged you. She supported you. They lifted your spirits and believed in your dreams. They are your original inspiration. Here at the Original Mattress Factory, we're all about dreams and the people who inspire yours. Visit our Facebook page, follow us, and share your story to enter the My Original Inspiration Contest. We'll honor your hero and reward just one with a $1,000 gift certificate to the Original Mattress Factory. OriginalMattress.com You're listening to the Pat Williams Power Hour on 94.9 FM and AM 950. The Word. Now, once again, here's Pat. We're back with Steve Arterburn. Uh, Steve is in uh, Indiana. That's uh, where his roots are. And uh, we've talked about the secret of attunement uh, from this book. And the book is simply titled The Mediterranean Love Plan. So we have talked about the secret of attunement, the secret of playfulness, the secret of savoring food. Uh, do you think we covered that enough, uh, Steve? Well, I was just going to say that over dinner, if you start talking about a childhood memory and you share something you've never shared with your spouse, it puts both of you in the adult role looking back on you as a child. And so it elevates both people into the adult role, an equal role, when you're sharing about early childhood together. So it's a little hint. If you want to get out of that that parent, child, or angry mom, bad little boy dynamic that's preventing you from having a great intimate life, one way to do that is to talk about childhood memories and put yourself both on the adult level looking back at them. The next topic is the secret of enjoying beauty. Uh, uh, tell us about that one, Steve. Well, I think, um, you know, this is very much like food. Um, sadly, the only time people use the, the word awe is in awful. And, you know, if we can just stop long enough and, and decide, okay, how could we as a couple experience beauty together and really enjoy that? Is it music? Is it jazz? Is it dance? Is it a concert? Is it art? Is it an art museum? You know, I love music and art. And on my um, 60th birthday, I walked outside. There was a party bus full of people. We we all drove up to Chicago, spent the day at the Museum of Modern Art, went to see a wonderful musical that night, and then, of course, we had the longest ride back ever after that. But that's because you know, I love art, I love beauty, that's not a problem. But get outside with your kids, point out the beauty in, in other cultures, in different people. Um, just enjoy together things that are really excellent in the area of creativity, art, literature, uh, and theater. And when you do that, of course, you're expanding your world, you're sharing things together. The message from both of you is, I don't want to just see a beautiful sunset. I want to share it with you. 
and and you're really just enriching your life in every way, having common uh, memories. And then when it comes time to be uh, together, alone, and intimate, you've got a lot of great things to talk about other than just the same old stuff. So a big uh, encouragement to enjoy beauty, seek it out, and be in awe of what God created. Author Steve Arterburn is with us. All right, Steve, here's the next one. The secret of creativity. Uh, and, yeah. wh- and why is that important? Well, you know, um, the one thing that God does and continues to do and loves to do is to create. And it, it's one of the things that he puts in us, uh, the ability to create new things and beautiful things. And a lot of people think, well, I don't have one ounce of creativity in me. Well, if that's the, the case, then go to Hobby Lobby and spend the day. There'll be something there that you could say, oh, I could do that. I could paint a birdhouse or I could put it together or whatever. But, um, you know, we love to do, the, you know, these wine and canvas things, or as I call them, scotch and watercolor. And that doesn't mean you have to drink. But a lot of times people will go uh, and they'll serve food and drinks and all. And you paint with a group of people. You learn to paint one picture. And if you've never done it, you won't realize uh, how much fun and enjoyable that can be. And uh, I, we, we did that for a birthday party for me one time. And we go to these people's home now, and we see these paintings that they created at my birthday party. They're hanging because you, you love it, and it's fun. But find different ways to create. Paint pottery together. Uh, and, and the best creativity is creating memories together. And and to, to create some kind of uh, maybe an adventure a month is another thing we talk about. But it, this is getting outside of yourself, outside of your own self-obsession, and looking at, hey, what is it that I could use these talents for other than just to work and raise kids and all of that? How could I expand my world, and how could I develop that area of creativity that maybe I've always wanted to do, but I've never taken the time to do it. We're saying, take the time to do it now. Uh, the eighth secret, or the seventh one, is called the secret of health and longevity. H- how do we how do we attain that, Steve? Well, um, we discovered a Greek island called uh, the island of Icaria, and what they say about Icarians is that they forget to die. Uh, they live uh, beyond 80 years old. One of the secrets is, over here, we walk an average of about 46 miles a year. There, they walk over 240 miles a year. They're very active people. They work hard, but they don't start work until they naturally get up in the morning. They don't use alarm clocks. They have a great diet. They love to garden, eat fresh food, but they are active people, uh, and they they honor each other in old age, and uh, it's the group that seems to be in the world the most sexually satisfied after 80 couples, and so we can learn a lot from them if we, you know, if you focus on health, and you, you focus on eating the right kind of things, and moving, and physical exercise, and taking care of your brain, exercise together, um, and, and eat a Greek diet, then you're probably going to build your longevity and your stamina and your strength 
and um, you're going to enjoy older age rather than, uh, you know, just waiting out the clock and hoping, well, maybe today I will die. These folks are vibrant, and we've tried to take the secrets of their life and put them into the book. Last chapter, uh, The Secret of Blending the Sacred and the Sexual. Yep, you know, uh, this was pretty exciting because this is all about love in every way possible, and it comes from where um, God's Son walked the face of the earth and taught us and showed us how to love. And what we discovered in the research was that the group of, of women that seem to be the most sexually satisfied women are Jewish women. People might say, wow, well, that's just so strange. They wear these little gray dresses or dark clothes, and, and it just doesn't seem exciting. But they are so honored by Jewish men, and they have their special time around the, the Sabbat or the Sabbath observation where it's just them, and everybody knows it. And um, this, I've got in the book this, this kind of missive that a, a rabbi gives to a man before he's married, and it lays out for him uh, the expectations of a Jewish man and a woman. And it feels like it's the reverse of our culture. It says you must not withhold sex from her. That is her right to have sex. You must not use it to manipulate or, or anything like that. And, and so it's just this great guidelines that if every man followed, uh, I think his wife would be very, very happy about uh, the result. So those are the seven different areas and cultures and secrets. And when people do these things, it adds a vibrancy to their marriage and brings back some of the passion and the romance. And for some people, changes everything. But just the decision to get the book, read it, and do a couple of things, that tends to change everything uh, because you're going from deteriorating relationship to getting some ideas of how we could build it and make it better. There's a conclusion to your book, Steve. Personal parting thoughts. What are they? Well, I just think that we all have these idealized views of each other and that we have to give those up. Um, I think also... We have some unrealistic expectations and unfulfilled dreams, and we have to be um, we have to be realistic. and And sometimes uh, we need to go get some work done. Uh, we need to get back into marriage counseling. We need to do some reparative work in that way. But the the big main afterthought message is this: your marriage isn't going to get any better if you don't put some effort into it. It's going to kind of be what it always has been and will be unless you decide to change that. And we've given you a lot of material that you can look at other than just typical counseling kind of advice that you get. These are fun, exciting, unique ways that you could improve on your marriage, but you have to work at it. You have to put some effort into it. Do you feel lured back to the Mediterranean on a, regu- on a regular basis? Well, I do. I, I love uh, going there, been there uh, many times. And when you go there, it is a different way of life. And you, you find these pockets of people that know how to live. They seem to have mastered the art of living beyond, you know, what we tend to do here, getting into the routine. And so my thing is, whether you're married or not, this is a really great book on just how to enjoy life. 
but you will enjoy life together. And if you're a Christian, you're going to find so many great things here that are honoring of your faith, maybe things you didn't know that your faith offered in the area of uh, sexual fulfillment and, uh, and passion and romance. Tell me the countries uh, that you most recommend. Well, of course, Greece is my, um, my favorite because it, it's a place where uh, you, can, you can live today, but the heritage of thousands of years ago is just right there all around you. Um, if, it, if that's not uh, the number one place, uh, probably the next one is France because uh, most every artist, writer, uh, master creator has spent time in Paris and uh, it's where some of the greatest art is, some of the greatest food is. And then in south of France, uh, the people also have this uh, very wonderful, relaxed lifestyle full of conversation, engagement, cooking together, uh, fresh food, enjoying food, and they're also very active there. So I would say those two are probably the highlights. But um, any of the Mediterranean islands or countries are that border the Mediterranean, there's something very, very special about it. And um, when you go to Israel, uh, you know, you can look at all the historical places, which is great, and you can study all things that have happened there. But I just encourage folks, talk to the people that are there today and how they're living. And I think you would be surprised at how fulfilled their lives are there in Israel. Mm. What are you working on next, Steve? Well, um, always working on something. I have a, you know, I am the editor of the Life Recovery Bible, and we're celebrating its 25th anniversary, and we're going to sell the three millionth copy of that Bible for recovery, and it blends Scripture and the 12 steps. Uh, the, the gentleman that I work with on that, we're working on a new Bible called the Life Together in Christ Bible, and this is for uh, Bible studies and groups and how you you know, partner up with folks and go through life, not alone, not isolated, but it's experiencing it together in healthy community and redemptive relationships. And so that's the, um, that's the next project that'll come out. Will there ever come a day when uh, uh, someone finally says, we have enough of what we call these study Bibles, we don't need any more? Uh, seems everybody... In Christendom has written one, and uh, are we at that saturation point yet? Well, you know, um, I've been so fortunate, because most of those Bibles that come out, they sell, um, you know, maybe less than 50,000 Bibles, and then they go out of print. But uh, the Life Recovery Bible has created some prisoner theologians, and I've had the privilege of going in to prisons and uh, being in maximum security, where they know more about the Bible than me, because they have so much time to study it. But these, you know, every one of those guys in prison needs to be in recovery, and when they find this Bible, it really helps. The other Bible that just continues to sell more and more every year is Every Man's Bible that I did. And so I've been fortunate to create Bibles that actually help people get into the Word. I've had women say, my husband never read the Bible until he got Every Man's Bible, and he reads it all the time. My guest has been Steve Artiburn. We've got more after this, folks. Uh, right here on the Pat Williams Saturday Power Hour. We want you, we want you to stay with us.
we will return. And a million thanks to Steve. He always brings some valuable information whenever he's with us. Uh, you're listening to uh, the Saturday Power Hour on 94.9 FM and AM 950, The Word in Orlando. More of the Pat Williams Power Hour in just a moment on 94.9 FM and AM 950, The Word. Join Richard Jordan, president of Grace School of the Bible, as he opens God's Word every Sunday afternoon at 530 on 94.9 FM and AM 950, The Word. If you missed the Sunday broadcast, you can listen and study along with Dr. Jordan 24-7 at WTLN.com by clicking on the podcast tab and then Riches of Grace. Riches of Grace, a service of Grace Impact Ministries at graceimpact.org. 5.30 Sunday on 94.9 FM and AM 950, The Word. Are your car bills just getting higher and higher each time you take it in for service? Is every time you take your auto in for service dreaded because you feel they're selling you repairs and maintenance you just don't need? Well, upselling is the way most companies work today, to drain your pocketbook and pad their profits. So what should you do? For 41 years, the crew at Blue Book Cars Service Center have worked hard to earn your repeat business and help their customers be good stewards of their money. It's their responsibility to be honest and repair your vehicles at the best price. Their low, low service labor rate has been the same for over eight years. Their qualified staff and service techs repair vehicles, not just to replace costly parts, unless necessary. And they don't upsell anything. No one at Blue Book Service Center works on commission and never has. Come visit Blue Book Service Center. Call 407-321-0741 for an appointment. Call 407-321-0741. Find out more online at bluebookcars.com. Who are some of the heroes in your life? For me, it is those people who give of themselves without any thought about what they get in return. Hello, I'm Alan Treba, owner of American Family Funerals and Cremations and a servant. We want to thank our military veterans for their service and commitment in defending our freedoms and our way of life. We offer special packages and guidance to our military veterans and their families during times of loss. It is the least we can do for someone who has done so much for us. You know us. We are family. AmericanFamilyFunerals.com You're listening to the Pat Williams Power Hour on 94.9 FM and AM 950, The Word. Now, once again, here's Pat. Steve Arterburn, our guest in that first segment, author of the Mediterranean Love Plan. David Daniels, lead pastor at Pontego Bible Church in Fort Worth, Texas. He's here. Uh, We're going to talk about his book, Next Step Church, and uh, also... uh, a, a book that comes with it, Next Step Discipleship. Uh, first of all, David, so nice of you to join me, and I, I hope things are well. Thank you. Things are very well, and it's a privilege to be with you today. Next Step Church is kind of a catchy title. What, is, what does that mean? Well, the, the book was designed around uh, a spiritual pathway. Uh, many years ago at our church, we, we began to ask the question, do our people have any idea where they are in their spiritual journey, and do they have any idea where they're going? And so uh, we begin to put into place some steps, some simple steps for people to help them kind of assess where they are right now in their walk with Jesus, and then take next steps 
to go just a little bit deeper. And those steps begin with community, and they move through life transformation, and they ultimately culminate into a life of mission, which we really believe is the centerpiece of being a disciple of Jesus. Uh, Tell us about the pastor's calling. Uh, Why don't we start there? Sure. Well, uh, Next Step Church was originally designed for pastors around the world to help them understand their own calling and understand how to uh, how to lead their churches in a very specific way. And we realized that there's a lot of pastors around the world, maybe some here in the United States, that uh, have jumped into ministry and have not yet considered some some fundamentals of what it means to to pastor the the the, the church of God, and so uh, the first section of Next Step Church deals with the pastor himself, and the pastor's calling really is about the pastor. Uh, the chapter on the pastor's calling is really about helping the pastor discern: Has God called me to ministry? And in what way did God call me to ministry? Um, I really believe that scriptures show that God, uh, you know, calls people in a very deliberate way into vocational ministry. And a pastor that doesn't have a, a sense of what that calling is, and it'll be individual for each pastor, but, but if a pastor doesn't have an in, a sense of uh, an assurance of that calling of God, then he's... He's really in a job. He's not in a calling, and, and and he's likely not to be very successful. That leads us to this discussion point: the pastor's care. Uh, what does that mean? Well, the pastor's care is about the pastor being aware that uh, when there's no, uh, you know, when there's no input, there's there's no successful output. I mean, um, and so and so every pastor has to be. Uh, attuned to his own spiritual care. And so in this chapter about the pastor's care, uh, we talk about how important it is for the pastor to first have a commitment to God's Word personally, not just God's Word to preach on Sunday, but God's Word personally. Um, The pastor must have a commitment to personal prayer, being before the Lord uh, on his knees before he ever stands up before people. Uh, the pastor must have a commitment to to resting and and protecting the Sabbath, even though the Sabbath for a pastor will look different, perhaps than the than the specific Sabbath day for the people in his congregation. But he has to he has to rest, and uh, and then finally a commitment to his family. Um, you know, if a pastor doesn't succeed at the home front and caring and nurturing his own family, then he's likely not going to be a great. Um, you know, father for the for or shepherd over the over the flock of God. What does the pastor's commission mean? Well, when I when I talk about the pastor's commission, I talk about what are the essentials that are that are just necessary for ministry. You know, I, I know personally speaking, after thirty years of vocational ministry, that that the pastor's heart gets tugged in a dozen different directions, and he finds himself, uh, you know. Uh, uh, setting up banquet tables and mowing the grass and and taking care of a lot of things which are which are not bad for a servant leader to do, but the pastor must be committed to some very specific things. And so, in that chapter on the pastor's commission, I, I basically look at what what are the essential responsibilities of a pastor. He's got to preach the word. He has to multiply leadership so that he's not the only one doing the work of ministry. He has to maintain the mission of the church. 
and then um, and then as a servant leader must model the way has to show his people not just tell his people what to do but show his people through his life uh, what it means to walk as a disciple of Jesus now let's get into the topic of the pathway right what is the spiritual pathway we know the spiritual pathway that we that that we outline in Next Step Church. We also took and produced a second book, Next Step Discipleship. And so, you know, the person that's that's listening right now that says, "Well, I'm not a pastor of a church." Um, Next Step Church would not be as valuable to them as Next Step Discipleship. And 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 what I do is in Next Step Discipleship and Next Step Church look at the very simple spiritual pathway. Uh, and we have we have reduced this pathway down to kind of three movements. The first movement is belonging. Uh, we could also use the word connection. It's important for people to have a connection to God and a connection to God's people. So that's belong. The second step is become. That's uh, that you could use the word transformation. Uh, the spiritual, the normal spiritual life is about spiritual change that lasts a lifetime. And then the third step is the step of beyond. So belong, become, and beyond. And beyond, another word you could use is mission, that the normal spiritual life of a disciple is uh, is as they are changed by God, God desires to employ them in his great global purpose to change their world. And that includes their world across the street, includes their world around the world. So belong, become, beyond are the three very simple steps in the spiritual pathway. Now, let's talk about belong. Uh, You have us covering three areas, uh, belong to Christ, belong to community, belong to church. Why don't you take all three of them in one bite here? Sure, yeah. uh, and, And fill us in on why all that's important. Well, the first, you know, the first piece of any spiritual life, we enter the spiritual highway or the spiritual pathway by belonging to Jesus Christ first. Uh, to say it differently, if a person is not connected to, to Jesus, then it, 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 it's impossible for them to go any further in their life with God. So in that chapter, I talk about the true gospel, and I talk about uh, what it means to know that you are that you belong to Jesus Christ. What is your story? How has God, you know, how has God brought you into life with Himself? And so that's kind of the you know the first piece of belonging is belonging to Christ. But then once people belong to Jesus, then it's so important that they belong to his people, his family, and this is what we call belong to community. Uh, one of the things that we do here at Pantego Bible Church is, is uh, you know, the first step that we encourage people who are already believers and they, they begin coming to our church is we, we seek to move them toward biblical community as a necessary piece of their spiritual life, because we believe that the greatest life transformation happens in the context of relationships um, with other people. And so those that belong to Christ belong to biblical community. And that may be just a small group of people that you meet with once a week in the evening, and you do life together, and you pray, and you eat together, and you travel together, and you celebrate, and, and grieve together, and you do all the things that God's people do together. And then, and then also, uh, we talk about belonging to a church. And belonging to a church is, you know, is a I think is a discipline or is a habit that is, I think, being increasingly lost in our American culture, 
especially as I travel the world and I see what how people connect with churches and other cultures. I think a lot of people, uh, there's a lot of Christians that today would say, this is the church I go to, but that's different than saying, this is the church I belong to. These are my people. This is my church. This is the church that I that has a mission that I'm on board with and leaders that I follow and a church that I contribute to. And so in that in that chapter of belonging, we just talked about we uh, I talk about what does it mean to really be a member partner of a church and uh, to be in line and on the spiritual journey with the church that you attend. My guest, the good one, is David Daniel from uh, Fort Worth, Texas, and we've arrived right in, on this topic, and that's the uh, the topic of become. Transformation, 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 part one, two, three. So I'm going to ask you to take on all three parts in one chunk here and fill us in. Sure. Well, you know, very simply, when I talk to people at our church about transformation, I, you know, the big piece that I talk about is the difference between what we refer to as incidental life transformation and intentional life transformation. Um, you know, if I, if I get off the, uh, off this radio show and I go, I go sit down at a coffee shop and I sit there for a couple of hours and I work on a sermon and go home, uh, I might hug my wife when I come in through the front door and she takes one whiff and says, you've been sitting in a coffee shop. And I say, how do you know? She says, because you smell like coffee. Uh-huh. And I say, yeah, I didn't intend to smell like coffee, but incidentally being in the general vicinity of coffee, I now smell like coffee. And I think that too many Christians are content with that kind of life change. And what I mean by that is uh, they go to church. The average American attends church 45% of the time. They might attend a men's retreat. They might go and listen to a mission speaker. Uh, they, they might participate in, in an event once in a while. And at the end of that year or the end of two or three years at that church, they are better off than if they had just sat at home and not attended church at all. But there's not, but but the 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 transformation or the change that they have experienced is really quite incidental. It's happened because they just happen to be in the general vicinity of spiritual truth, spiritual conversations. And I think that when we look at the scriptures, that the call of Jesus and the commands of Paul and much of what we read in the New Testament is really more about intentionally participating with God in our life change. Uh, Paul makes a, a great statement in the book of Philippians. He says, Therefore, my brothers, just as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, you continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it's God who's at work in you, both to will and to act according to his good purpose. And what Paul's saying there, he's not saying work for your salvation. He's saying work out your salvation. The salvation that God's already put in you, the work that he's already done by grace through faith. He says, now that's, that's seed. You, you get to cooperate with the Holy Spirit in the cultivation of this growing, maturing spiritual life. And so all three chapters that talk about transformation can really be summed up in that way. How do we participate with the living God to get the most out of our spiritual life for the glory of God? We talk, just talk about what does transformation look like? How do we experience that? How do we join God in this, in this great and wonderful miracle of life transformation? 
Uh, David Daniels, uh, the lead pastor at Pentateo Bible Church, uh, author of Next Step Church, uh, is filling us in on now the word beyond, beyond into my church, beyond into my neighborhood, beyond into my world. What's up? <laughs> well, you know, uh, the, the, the purpose of discipleship is not just to be a disciple. Uh, I read a book many years ago in, my, in a seminary class that I was – it's a book that I started off with – it was a very boring book, and by the middle of the book, suddenly it just lit up. And the author of this book said that for many people, many Christians, the end of discipleship is just discipleship. But in the mind of God, the end of discipleship has always been mission. And it really hit me that so much of what I had been doing in ministry and so much of what I had been receiving in ministry was just teaching me to be better, to be a better father, be a better driver, to be a better giver, to be a better, just better, better, better. When in the mind of God, the reason he wants to transform people is to launch them into what God's been doing since the beginning of time. My guest is uh, David Daniels. We've got to take a break, David. And uh, we'll be back for more. Uh, The book is called Next Step Church. I'm your host, Pat Williams, here on the Pat Williams Saturday Power Hour in Orlando, 94.9 FM and AM 950, The Word. Stay with us. More of the Pat Williams Power Hour in just a moment on 94.9 FM and AM 950, The Word. Hi, I'm Barbara Sandbeck, your host on Grace Notes, a 15-minute program that contains biblical teaching and a wide variety of music. Some of the subjects we address are, why do we have trials, and cultivating intimacy with God. You can listen right here on WTLN every Sunday at 2.45 p.m. Can't catch the whole broadcast? Visit our podcast on the web 24-7 on WTLN.com. So tune in. You won't want to miss it. Have you racked up more than $10,000 in credit card debt? Are you barely getting by making minimum payments? You should know. The credit card companies are tricking you into thinking there's no way out. Credit card companies would rather you didn't know that there are ways you can become debt-free and you don't have to pay the entire amount you owe. There are debt relief programs that help people like you escape overwhelming credit card debt. National Debt Relief has helped tens of thousands of people just like you reduce more than $500 million of debt. National Debt Relief has helped so many people. They're A-plus rated by the Better Business Bureau. You don't have to declare bankruptcy or take out a consolidation loan. You have the right to settle your debt for a mere fraction of what you owe. Reduce a portion of your debt now. Call National Debt Relief at 800-518-4020. 800-518-4020. That's 800-518-4020. Selling mattresses the traditional way isn't the best way. Most are made in a large factory and shipped hundreds of miles to a retailer's warehouse, where the retailer then marks them up and up before finally selling and delivering them. At the Original Mattress Factory, we take a straightforward approach. We have eliminated the extra steps and created a direct line from our factory to you, saving you hundreds of dollars. So experience more than just a mattress store. Experience an original, the Original Mattress Factory. You're listening to the Pat Williams Power Hour on 94.9 FM and AM 950, The Word. Now, once again, here's Pat. 
David Daniels is uh, our guest from Texas, and we're talking about his book, Next Step Church. We've got a another area here that uh, I want you to touch on. It's simply called the process. We've gone from the pastor to the pathway to the process. Where, where does that fit in, David? Well, uh, the purpose of Next Step Church, uh, it was originally designed to complement our ministry around the world to help pastors in Africa and in India and in Cuba and in other places do church better. We're, you know, we go to places where pastors have little or no theological training, and uh, some of them don't even own a Bible, and they're just trying to just trying to figure out how to do church. And so Next Step Church was written to help them understand their calling, understand the, the, uh, the, the pathway. And then the last part of the book is, the, you know, working through the process, saying to a pastor, okay, you've got your church, um, you've got a p- few pieces in place. How do you begin to move your church to a very intentional uh, pathway of helping your people belong, helping your people uh, become more like Jesus and then go beyond. And so uh, that chapter uh, really talks about how to assess their church, uh, how, to, how, to, you know, how to kill what needs to be killed in their church and get rid of it, and how to, how to implement and begin uh, the things that need to be started in their church. Uh, in the book Next Step Discipleship, which is the complimentary book, uh, we, I talk in the, in the final chapter to the average Christian, how do you get uh, from where you are to where you need to be? And I, I, and I provide a little assessment for them to assess, you know, do I, do I really feel like I belong to my church? In what way am I really growing? Uh, where, where is my mission? Where am I really giving my life away? So, so there's a little assessment to help them take the next step in their, in their spiritual life. So this other little book comes along now, David. Next step discipleship. Yes. Uh, what uh, what was the purpose here? Why why is that important? Well, after we you know we produced the first book, Next Step Church, and immediately set it into translation. It's it's we just finished the translation into Tamil for India, for Spanish for Cuba, and for Kurundi for the little country of Burundi. And uh, and as we began to set that in translation, it occurred to us, you know, it occurred to me that if I could take the book intended for pastors and re-edit the book, then this book would be a helpful complement to Christians everywhere of just gaining a, a better understanding of what it means to intentionally or deliberately walk with Jesus every day of my life. This is the model that we use at our church, and so this book becomes a handbook. Next Step Discipleship is a handbook that we use with people in our church. Uh, we use it as part of our membership class, but we also use it in in. Uh, some of the training and some of the seminars and conferences and things that we do with others to just just to encourage them in their walk with Christ. Well, you can now explain and demonstrate to us uh, the spiritual pathway, belong to Christ, belong to community, belong to church. Uh, how does that fit now with, with your new book? Well, for us practically, um, you know, it helps us as a church uh, in terms of belonging to Christ, it helps us to stay focused that w- what we want to do is make convert, not make converts only. We, wanna, we want to evangelize for the purpose of helping people truly belong to Jesus Christ. 
that chapter uh, is, is, is a resource that, that reminds us that we want to help people tell their story. Uh, we want to we remind them and move them toward baptism and, and, and understand the significance of baptism in the spiritual life. We want them to have an assurance of their salvation. That's what it means to belong to Christ. It's to have an, 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 a, an assurance of what Jesus Christ has done for you and to be able to tell your story about what God's done. So, you know, a lot of people... Um, I know early on in my spiritual life, I, I came to know Jesus Christ when I was 17 years old and and uh, made a profession of faith and bam, I was in the kingdom and I didn't know I didn't know what was next, what what was next and necessary for my spiritual growth. And I, I wish that at that time I had had some people around me that really were helping me understand my, my spiritual story and assurance of salvation, the significance of baptism and those kinds of things. I would have had a much more profound early connection with Jesus Christ if those things had been had been true for me. So just in regards to belonging to Christ, that's that's what we teach here at our church. Now, uh, let's move to this topic, become, and then, and then there's three parts, remember? Uh, right. Part one, two, and three, become. How does that now fit into this new book? Or do we call it the yellow book? Yeah, well, the blue book, which is Next Step Discipleship. So, so uh, you know, how does this fit in our church? I'll tell you how it fits. Uh, we are very intentional about... Um, uh, life transformation here at Pantego Bible Church. Uh, we, you know, we don't just offer Bible studies. We have a very specific intention for each class, each Bible study that we offer. Let me give you one example. Uh, I have a a biblical overview and a systematic theology class that we offered our church every other year. It's a thirty-five week course. Uh, it is intended to establish a biblical and theological foundation for emerging leaders. Uh, in the last five years, we've taken about 300 of our leaders through this class. And the goal of this class is to then move those leaders to greater understanding of their, of their own unique gifts and how God wants to use them, not just in the church, but in the marketplace and in their neighborhoods. And we are seeing people, more and more people, with a strong biblical foundation that impacts their vision, their knowledge, their character, and their skills, begin to move toward greater missional discipleship, which is, the old, which is, our, which is our goal, is to not just make smarter Christians, but, make, uh, but to produce mobilized, reproducing Christians. And so uh, the sermons, the, the Bible studies, the classes that we offer have, are very deliberately oriented in that direction. David Daniels is with us. We're talking about his other book here. It's called Next Step Discipleship Beyond Into My Church, Beyond Into My Neighborhood, Beyond Into My World. Uh, that, that sounds like important material. It, yes. Yeah, it's, uh, there's been a radical transformation of Pantego Bible Church in the last 10 years. Uh, when I arrived 10 or 11 years ago, the church uh, had a strong foundation of biblical community. And in the book, I talk about the fact that our chairs were turned inward very well. People loving on one another, taking care of one another's needs, Acts 2.42, biblical community. It was beautiful. 
but but the church was didn't had lost a lot of ground in regards to mission. And the question is, why would God cause us to turn our chairs inward? And the answer is so that we would be more effective in turning our chairs outward. The early biblical community came together and prayed and supported one another and ate together and and listened to the apostles' teaching, but they did so not just for their sakes, but for the sake of the mission that God had called them to in the early church. And so, practically speaking, in our church, we are wanting to help people understand their spiritual gifts and use those spiritual gifts in the context of ministry to the body. But then we also want to help them uh, move into their world. And we say, we say your world, not the world, your world, because Pat's world is different than David's world. Uh, you have certain relationships and people that where God has placed you, that God has given you the opportunity to meet, that, that are different than the relationships God's given me. And so uh, we really want to help people be effective for the purposes of, of Jesus in the marketplace, in their schools, in their neighborhoods, and eventually moving out around the world. And so we've, we've seen an incredible revival of mission in our church. Well, let me just say this, David. It's a joy to talk to you, and uh, I appreciate the way you write and how you lay things out so uh, simply for us. And uh, to chat with you on the radio here has been a treat. So uh, all, the be- all the best to you, and keep up the good work. Appreciate the opportunity today. David Daniels has been our guest. We've got a wrap-up for you folks right after these messages on the Pat Williams Saturday Power Hour. More of the Pat Williams Power Hour in just a moment on 94.9 FM and AM 950. The Word. Everybody wants cheap airfare, but where do you find it? You call low-cost airlines. Their prices are direct from the airlines, and they're so low you can't find these fares published anywhere. They specialize in cheap flights, discount hotel rooms, cheap car rental rates, and great package deals anywhere around the world. Wherever you want to go, they can help you get there cheaply and with the best price guarantee. If you want the lowest prices on your airline tickets or other travel services, call now. That's right, call. That's the only way to get these rates. Experts are standing by 24-7 to get you the cheapest airfare and hotel rates available. So don't wait. Call right now for the lowest travel prices anywhere and for great last-minute travel deals, too. Call right now. 800-648-9175. That's 800-648-9175. You're listening to the Pat Williams Power Hour on 94.9 FM and AM 950, The Word. Now, once again, here's Pat. Thanks for joining me here on the Pat Williams Saturday Power Hour. Uh, We had uh, two interesting guests. Steve Arterburn was with us from um, Indianapolis talking about his book, The Mediterranean Love Plan. Uh, And then uh, David Daniels uh, in Fort Worth, Texas, talked about... Next Step Church and Next Step Discipleship. Uh, Please visit my website. It's patwilliams.com, the Twitter page, Orlando Magic Pat. And my latest book is out. It is called The Success Intersection. Uh, When your greatest talent intersects with your strongest passion, uh, you have found your sweet spot in life, and that's where you want to live. And uh, in the meantime, 
Uh, have a wonderful, wonderful weekend. We'll catch up with you next week uh, right here on the Pat Williams Saturday Power Hour, 94.9 FM and AM 950, The Word, where faith comes by hearing right here in Orlando, Florida. Thank you for joining us for this week's edition of the Pat Williams Power Hour. Join us again next week at the same time where faith comes by hearing. 94.9 FM and AM 950, The Word. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 